Okay, so for full disclosure, yes, I'm a rabbi, and this channel is basically all theistic content. So why am I sharing with you something that Hitchens said that I really enjoyed? Um, because he got me thinking. And no, it didn't actually diminish my faith. It actually helped me to have more appreciation for my faith. I'm not sure if that would perturb him or not, that I misappropriated his idea and used it in that way. But the fact remains, and I, I enjoy Hitchens. I still, to this day, will, uh, I don't know if I'll even call it a guilty pleasure. I'm not sure I'm even feeling guilty about it, but uh, I enjoy watching his eloquence and his wit. And he once said something uh, about belief that was helpful for me. Um, and I want to share it with you. And before I do, I just want to make clear that I'm not, this is not polemic. I'm not trying to make an argument here. I'm not arguing against atheism. I'm not arguing for theism. I'm just sharing an insight for whatever it's worth. And, you know, just like if you're not a believer, that's fine. Um, just like I enjoyed listening to Hitchens and I got something out of it, maybe you'll enjoy listening to me and get something out of it or not. And you could always click away. Uh, if, you're, if you're already a believer, uh, maybe this will help you to challenge some of the presuppositions you have about your faith or whatever. I'm just sharing with you because it was helpful to me. Okay. So Hitchens made an argument. He said that man, uh, I suppose meaning primitive or ancient man, used to believe in many gods, then came to believe in one god, right? Monotheism. And if we'll just follow that trajectory, he'll eventually come to the belief in no gods. So basically, he very elegantly paints this picture of human history as a timeline of polytheism, polytheism, monotheism, atheism, okay? And he's sort of forecasting atheism as the inevitable conclusion of history, um, human history at least, which in itself is somewhat messianic in the true Hebraic sense of this idea that history, human history has a culmination and an evolutionary aspect to it. I'm not talking about biological evolution. I'm talking about that, that there are ideas that culminate in some type of perfected or ideal state. So when he's envisioning, like John Lennon, imagine, right? He's imagining a world of atheism. He's imagining that as like the ultimate culmination of this process that had that, 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 that took millennia that um, basically starts with one position with polytheism and then evolves into monotheism and then from there evolves into atheism. Okay. So I thought that was a beautiful argument. I didn't agree with it, but I, I, I thought it was a beautiful argument surely because of its simplicity. I, I like the idea of simplicity. Um, not reduction. It's not oversimplification, but I, I, I like patterns and I like the idea of creating this argument based on established patterns. So I actually had to stop and think about it. I know I disagree with it, but I can't just dismiss it out of hand. I have to think to myself, well, I have a different vision for how humanity will, will 
progress and what the ultimate state of consciousness is and that, that it's belief in God. So, but, but I like Hitchens' formulation, so I have to stop and think about it. So then I realized that, and, and I do not believe that he did this willfully or maliciously. I believe it's an oversight. I believe his formulation makes an important, crucial omission. And that is, he says, let me just repeat the way he says it, that man used to believe in many gods, then came to believe in one God, and will ultimately come to believe in no gods. Okay. But that's not a complete presentation because um, he's just describing the the God part of the equation. But, and I'm sure Hitchens would agree with this, God is an explanation for the, the phenomenological world in which we live. In other words, and I'm sure he would agree with this, that uh, people come up with a mythology to explain the phenomena of, of this world. So it rains. Ah, there's a god of rain. Uh, the, the the crops grow. So there's a god of the crops, and so on and so forth. Um, so you can't just say man used to believe in many gods. You have to say like this: man used to believe in many gods that ruled over many things. And by things, I don't mean in in the most material sense of objects. I mean I mean to include and perhaps primarily forces of nature. Right, um, what, whatever that might be—the the sun, the the rain, the weather, life itself—but the power of nature. But when I say many things, I mean these various phenomena. So man used to believe in many gods that ruled over many things. Okay. Eventually, he came to believe that it was one God that ruled over all of those many things, okay? So basically, debt consolidation. <laughs> you take all of your different bills, you roll them into one easy payment. So instead of believing that there's all these different gods that rule over all these different things, now monotheism is the belief that there's one God who controls all these different things. So it's not a separate uh, sun God and rain God. It's one God who controls the sun and the rain and everything else. Okay, fine. Eventually, man came to believe, or perhaps maybe more accurately, is coming to believe that there are not many different things that the nature of this world, and I'm not saying this from a, from a faith perspective, I'm saying what is actually probably considered to be the widely accepted worldview today, that this world is not a world of many things. On, it, on, on, a, on a basic level, underlying all of the multiplicity, there's a, there's a, there's a oneness that... Um, matter and energy are one thing, or like Einstein was in search of the unified field theory, right? To somehow to come up with one equation that would account for the various different forces. In other words, we got all these different hundreds or thousands of forces that exist that exist that that for which primitive man came up with hundreds or thousands of gods in his pantheon, and we got that down to. Um, 
what, 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 gravity, electromagnetism, the weak nuclear force, and the strong nuclear force. We got it down to four forces of nature. But really, we know that there's only one thing behind that. That's what we call the unified field theory or the unifying theory of everything, which is generally regarded to be the, the future of, of all science. And it's just that because science is not based on faith, it's based on empiricism, they have to find a way of proving that scientifically. But the, the hypothesis, the prevailing hypothesis is basically everything is oneness. Okay, so follow this. Let me just back up. So man used to believe in many gods that ruled over many things. He eventually came to believe in one God that ruled over the many things. Then he eventually came to believe or is coming to believe that there's really one thing. So there's just one God ruling over one thing. And if you follow that trajectory of this simplification, ultimately he will believe in one thing. In other words, not even in a one God who rules over a universe, which is really one thing, but the belief in one absolute existence, that creator and creation are ultimately a simple unity and that there is nothing but oneness. So I love the formulation of increasing simplification that Hitchens employs. And if I hadn't heard him make that argument, I never would have thought of this idea. But this to me is the most compelling way to explain what specifically what Hasidic mystical Jewish belief is when we speak about uh, our belief in oneness or like the central prayer of Judaism, the Shema prayer. Shema Yisrael Adenoi Eloheinu Adenoi Echod. Echod is one, but it doesn't mean the numerical one. It means oneness, wholeness, totality, everythingness. So how do I best explain that? Monotheism isn't really the best explanation. Um, really what we're talking about is this oneness. So it's not just that one God rules over the whole world and everything in it. It's not even one God ruling over one, one world, which is a true universe in the sense that everything in the world is one. But it's actually that there's one. There is one, period, full stop. There is one, oneness. Existence is oneness. And it's my firm belief that if science continues to search in earnest for this oneness— that this will be discovered. I mean, our prophets tell us about the messianic era, that all flesh will see. All flesh will see means it won't be a philosophical uh, idea. It won't, be a, uh, it won't be an abstraction. Flesh means that it'll be empirical. Um, means that the mouth of Hashem has spoken, which is obviously an anthropomorphous or anthropomorphic way of, of describing the idea of, of creation as, as divine self-expression. That ultimately, what will we see is that there is no real creator-creation dichotomy. Really, all of existence is divine selfhood expressing itself. And and. That is ultimately what will be discovered, my belief. If we continue to search in earnest and look at the world, we will find God. Not just we will find the mysteries of the world that God created. No, more than that. If we keep searching and the more deeply we search the world, we will find the oneness. We will find the oneness. 
And in, in that sense, speaking about um, theism in, in the sense of a God who created the world and who is the administrator of the world can sometimes be a stumbling block because it actually serves to reinforce that division or that dichotomy. And I think maybe especially in our day and age, it's just best to skip that whole uh, – that, 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 that that level or that layer and just to say that belief ultimately is that there is absolute existence and that absolute existence manifests itself in various different ways and that ultimately if we probe any aspect of existence, we will come down to one simple underlying universal essence and have fun because that's the ultimate hide and seek. That's the ultimate search. And uh, I believe that that's what inevitably we will all find at the end of our search. Although I shouldn't rightfully call it an end because at that point, when we finally see the oneness, then our, our uh, discovery of the true nature of reality has first begun. Okay, that's the thought I wanted to share with you. If you liked it, if you enjoyed it, great. If not, <laughs> sorry for wasting your time. Okay, have a great day.